Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Skill Riders Podcast. This is episode 120 with your host, 65 Lokes. My guest for this episode is Jeff, also known on Instagram as Copley Scale Auto, contributor for Scale Auto Magazine. He's based out in Ohio. Let's go right ahead and get into this. Very dope, clean builder. Let's ask him some questions. Hello. Hey, what's up, Jeff? How you doing? It's Edgar. Good, Edgar. How are you, man? Hey, doing well. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, man. It's awesome to be on. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure having you on, man. I'm I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we had spoken about it a while back, but yeah. uh, with how things are kind of playing out, we had some time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, you've been busy, and what, what are we at now? 120 episodes? Is that right? Yeah. 120? <laughs> yep. That's yep. fantastic. It's... Uh, it's really cool that you that you put this out for model builders to listen to. It's uh, it's awesome. So thank you. Yeah, no. And um, I I was looking at your uh, before I called you. I went on your Instagram and I saw that you finished up a '62 Corvette. I did. Yeah. Was that, that and that's a replica of your uh, father's car. It is. It is. Yeah. So um, when Ravel released that two-in-one kit of the '62 Corvette, and I want to say it was probably maybe even 10 years ago now, uh, he bought the kit and gave it to me. And that was at a point when I was just getting kind of back into models and really like digging in hard. He's like, Hey, I would love for you to build a replica. I said, okay, I've always heard you talk about your Corvette. Let me have some reference pictures. He's like, Oh, I don't really have any. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's going to make it hard. He ended up finding one and it was a really grainy dark picture. And it's kind of a, uh, a front front shot so i really couldn't get too many details out of him so i did the best i could um and you know i think with everything that's going on now being home uh with the quarantine and coronavirus and everything i just it made me want to like dig into a couple older projects so i was able to get that knocked out pretty happy <laughs> man that's cool that's pretty awesome yeah I, I saw it at the end you added a clip of you uh crossing out like uh it was like you have like a checklist going on Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about that. I do um, something, I I call it a production sheet. Um, So I guess it's something that I learned from my manager at the work I do and my sales job. But my manager always likes to say, you know, plan your work and work your plan. So at the beginning of each quarter of the year, so like January, uh, April, July, I like to kind of create a sheet of um, like projects, priorities. And I break it down into A's, B's, and C's. And I just it just kind of helps me like stay focused. Um, you know, as model builders, it's easy to kind of get get strayed by the, the hot new item, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's okay, because I think, you know, it's meant to happen. Like, you're always, you know, you almost kind of have to let, like, nature take its course, right? Like, mm-hmm. go with the hot hand. You'll You'll eventually come back to that old project. But anyway. My uh, my sort of production sheet kind of helps me kind of stay track of, you know, what what's coming up, what needs to be done on what project and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I recommend it. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that, like having a, a production sheet, because I know most of the time we buy these kits, we have all these ideas and then we store them away. Then things get out of hand and we get started and we don't finish it and we move on to another one. And then next thing we have like 10 projects open. True. <laughs> 
Right. And, and keeping those organized, uh, you know, that's the challenge, right? Not losing things. Man, I was looking for a decal sheet the other day. I was driving myself crazy and I still haven't found it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Hey, before we get too involved, congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you, man. No, thanks. Baby on the way. That's awesome. No. Yeah. Today, earlier, I we, uh, we went to, uh, go run some errands and then we had to go to another city. Uh, that's like 30 minutes away from here to get, uh, another, like a checkup and all that. So everything, everything yeah. came out cool and it's just crazy. Time's flying by. Um, yeah. I, I was, uh, thinking about it the other day and I was telling myself, man, I, I feel like if I was, if everything was normal, like if I was back at work, commuting back and home and everything, I'd probably be a little bit more stressed out. But True. since I'm home every day and just making sure, you know, whatever she needs and everything, I'm, I'm more, more chill about it. And it's just going, time's just flying by for me. True. Yeah. Enjoy the time now. And yeah, things will get crazy here pretty soon. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, dude. And and, it, and <laughs> even at the moment while I'm here, there's times where I'll, you know, start going through my tools. I'll start working on something to keep busy. And then once I'm done, I'll be like, all right, I'll stop right here. I'll continue the next day. Uh, but then yeah. I'm already starting to think like, I already know that there's going to come to a point where I'm going to have to like, this is going to slow down the, the building process, you right. know, the workflow. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to enjoy it, enjoy it as much as possible right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that's for me, it's ever changing. Right. So I've got two boys they are seven and four. And I've got a dedicated workspace in my basement. I call it my man cave. It's sort of a storage room, but I, it's also where I have my bench set up. And they're they're pretty respectful of like they know that that's dad's stuff. They'll come in here and they'll start to get a little bit rowdy, and I'll say something. But they like they know like okay, this is dad's area. Like we can't get too crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a fine line though. Like <laughs> as they get older, it's hard to say how how it's going to go. Like I may come downstairs one day and find like half of my completed builds, like smashed into pieces. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I should probably take, take action now <laughs> before yeah. it's too late. Right? Yeah. You have a cool so, bench uh, from the oh, photos that you. I've seen, man. I'm like, man, that thing looks so dope. Yeah, man. I was just like throughout the years, uh, you know, as a teenager in my early twenties, like all those times when I was building models, like, on a corner table or just, you know, a makeshift spot. Now that I'm a homeowner, um, you know, it's so, it was so great to finally like dedicate a space where you can set it up and not have to tear down, um, you know, buying an air uh, spray booth. What, like what a game changer that was um, to be able to really just paint year round any time of day or night um, and to ventilate everything out through the basement wall. And so, yeah, it's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful. Yeah. It's like having all those things already situated, set up. It, it definitely is going to make you finish up your projects. True. Because, True. Because I, I always feel like if, if you're missing some element or something in between, it's going to kind of like hold everything back for a while until, right. until you, you know, especially if you're depending on weather. Oh, I know. <laughs> right. Well, like, look at look at the times now. Like, you and I were texting earlier today about just, you know, how everything has changed. And, you know, my wife and I are both working from home with both boys, and everybody's schedule is kind of up in the air. And 
we're having to kind of learn on the fly. Like mm-hmm. I can be upstairs, like you know, playing Nintendo with my son, but in the background, I'm sort of thinking, Oh, you know, I got to figure out a way to glue that mirror on that Camaro <laughs> and, and not like, you know, not screw up. And then, then my son will like, you know, go do something. I'll be like, all right, I'll just dash downstairs for 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this the whole time and boom, I get it done. And so like little opportunities like that come up that, I mean, again, it, it does help me get th- stuff done for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Cause I've done that too, where I'm doing something and in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking about, all right, when I get home or how am I going to put this together? And then oh, yeah. just brainstorming constantly. True. Oh yeah, that's the disease. We're always thinking about it in the background, like. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's so true. And uh, so, how um, how did you get into all this with model building? So probably, if I had to guess, I would say I was like six or seven or eight years old. Um, I've got an older brother, and he and my dad were putting together a model or two on the kitchen table, and the one that I remember the most them putting together that I was like really stoked on. It was called the bad actor. Do you know the bad actor kit? It's a monogram kit. It's a one twenty fourth scale. I think it's 60 Impala sedan delivery, but it's done up in like a custom style. So it's got side pipes, a tilt, uh, tilting front hood. So it hasn't been re-released in a long time. So maybe you don't know it, but there's a couple of variations like the bad actor, the Quicksilver, and there's one other one, but anyway, so they built that box stock and I was way into that. Um, and if I had to guess my first kit ever was a snap together kit of the boss hog van from the Dukes of hazard. It was a one thirty second scale, like van with some goofy decals on the side. So that's kind of what it was, man. And then, you know, again, I have an older brother. He and I kind of did this together. I can picture like a card table we set up in a family room. We'd be watching horror movies on a Sunday afternoon, like just slapping together models, spray painting outside, um, you know, working on like Firebirds and Monte Carlos and whatever. So, yeah, that was kind of the start. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's uh, it's crazy how like when you're a kid and um, it's like your dad lets you spray paint something, you know? You. That's true. It, it's crazy when you hold a can because I remember my dad having spray cans in the garage. And right. I, I just knew, like, oh, I can't touch those. Like, if I get those, he's going to get mad because I'm going to go spray something, you know? And and he's in, he, like, I'm automatically, I'm going to want to, like, if he tells me don't touch that, I want to touch it. You know, when you're like a kid, you, you want to do stuff they tell you not to do. So finally, when, when I started to get these kids, I wasn't 18 yet to, to buy the paint. Um, so then he would buy it or a friend's dad or someone would always end up getting it. And once we had that, like, freedom, that, oh, yeah, I'm holding a can, shaking it, making all that noise, and then now I'm spraying something, I always felt like it, it made you feel like you were an adult, sort of. True. <laughs> True. Now, were you, what was your style? Like, with the early days with rattle cans, did you bomb it so heavy that it had all the runs in it? Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, it, it's crazy because we would press down. And it was more like you don't let go, you know, you just right. constant and you're just moving it side to side, side to side and you're just getting it. You do one side and then you 
because we would put like on top of a box or or a bucket or something. It, it right. Rotate it, do the other side and the other side, but it but it was never in in uh, spray coats or starting from the bottom going up from the from the top going down. They were just <laughs> super random and just getting right. getting runs and putting it out in the sun, ho- hoping that it would dry within like ten minutes or so. Right. And then just touch touching it after a while and just leaving like fingerprints smudge marks on there. yeah fingerprints for sure yep <laughs> yeah so it was like i don't know we were um very impatient you know at the time just wanting to build it all right there and then oh for sure and you know the reason i ask is I, for some reason i think i was the opposite i was like trigger shy like i was i would always like really missed on coats like way too much so I'd have um, like orange peel, no matter what I did, <laughs> like that was my thing. Like I'd be shooting like enamel, you know, if it wasn't like Rust-Oleum, it'd be like testers enamel from the hobby shop or maybe like from who knows where back then. But yeah, funny. Yeah. It, it wasn't until like later when I got back into it around, I would say like 2015 when uh-huh. I, when I got back into skill modeling that. I, at that time, I was like, you know what? By this time, there has to be a lot of research and, and things out there, information. So yeah. when I started to find videos on YouTube uh, as to people painting and kind of breaking it down, I, w- I went out and I bought some uh, Tamiya lacquer rattle cans, the, oh, the, nice. the little short ones. And I had never, ever purchased any of those. Only maybe a primer back in the day, but never their lacquer paints. So... By this time, I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and, and do these like stroke movements that they're showing on the videos and layering coats. And once I started doing that, it I was just like amazed, like, wow, this is how it was supposed to be done. Right. You know, there's there's not this crazy buildup where all the all the seam lines are filled in and, and everything <laughs> or there, it's all running. And I fell in love with the with the lacquer paint from Tamiya. And and from there, it introduced me to their products, all their tool line and all that. Excellent stuff. I mean, they make such good stuff. I, people ask me for recommendations, and it's like, well, what are the basics? I, Tamiya tape, like, you know, if you if you want to spend a little money, get Tamiya tools. I get their tweezers. I get their side cutters, their sprue cutters. Yeah. They're just, like, really, really nice. So you're right. Huh. No, yeah, I really, but, really like those a lot. Yeah. And you mentioned like sort of being exposed to like the research and, you know, learning about what's out there. And I I would I would point to the time when I was like probably, I don't know, 17 or 18 years old and first seeing Scale Auto Enthusiast magazine and Car Modeler at the time. I mean, having never seen those and then seeing what people were doing, I was just blown away. I just didn't even know that that this sort of hobby was out there. Mm -hmm. Um I think you're like me. You, you and I have both had a lot of hobbies in our past, right? Didn't we talk about like skateboarding and records? And yes. That kind of thing? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I was like tripping out because, um, you know, like going back to like sports cards. Yeah, you yeah. know that that was like a big thing. I remember being a kid, and and first I remember it was more. I remember being really big on those garbage pail kids cards. For sure. Getting all those. <laughs> Mom getting mad. Like, hey, like, what's up with that? You know, and yeah. And, trying to throw them away. I would always hide them, put a rubber band on them and like, <laughs> and just always in my pocket. And then from there, 
hanging out with my friends, we started getting into like baseball, basketball, like just collecting different sports cards yep. and, and getting familiar with like the, the players and, and stuff and then trading. And it, it, just, it was just like leading into like all these like different little, um, I don't know, like just hobbies, like things. It started to open up all these doors in our minds for that stuff. True. True. I just think it's like we're men. We're just like in, like it's in our DNA that we have to like dabble with stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've just always had like multiple hobbies. I still like poke around with football cards once in a while. Like yeah. you said, so pretty funny. That's cool. And and then even even like the like the BMX stuff. I've always oh, yeah. I've always liked it because I I just remember, you know, being like in first second grade and and at school they were like, oh, we're gonna do this like some people are coming in to do a presentation and I'm like presentation. And these guys roll up and they start doing like freestyle, like a presentation, you know, and, and they're just rotating in circles, doing all this like freestyle stuff. And I was like, Whoa, I never seen that before. So the, the more I was, I was like, man, I want to get a bike now. Like I want to learn how to, how to like bunny hop. I want pegs on my bike. You know, you want to do all this, all this like stuff and at the same time like i don't know if it was like because it was like an 80s or a 90s thing you know um everybody was like getting into that stuff absolutely and you know i think i probably lived my whole like my whole like youth and teenage years in in magazines because you know again like with thrasher and trans world skateboarding magazine and bmx plus mm-hmm. like growing up in you know northeast ohio everything in those magazines was taking place in California. So like California was the Mecca, the place like, Oh my God, we have to go there someday. Life is grand <laughs> there. Like it's sunny every day. Like, look at all this. Look at, they're all skateboarding and BMXing every day. So yeah. Did, yeah. did you ever watch those uh, <laughs> skateboarding uh, when they released, they would release those four one one videos. Yeah. I did get into those a little bit. Yeah. Those are super popular. Yeah. Um, those are pretty cool. There, There is a, yeah. Uh, I was talking to Jeffries, and he's in. He's in. They did like a a, a feature on him on the four one one. Those okay because he was yeah, think, he was like a yeah. designer. Him and a, like a team for like ramps and stuff out in Amsterdam. Okay. And I remember. Yeah, I, think I, I think I saw him share a few clips of that in his stories um, from like the early to mid nineties, and I was like, wow, this guy's got like just cool background and cool stories. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, well, one thing, you know, when, when you're, like, collecting records and you have, like, friends that are like, yo, check out this record, and you get hit with, like, a record you never heard about before, and, uh-huh. you, and you get into it, and you're like, man, how, how did I never know about this, you know? <laughs> and I feel, I feel like you gave me that experience when you uh, mentioned, um, I don't know if I could, man, I don't want to butcher his name. Was it you, huh? There you go, Yuha. There you go. <laughs> How do you say his last name? I believe, and I, I believe his name is pronounced Yuha Ario. There we go. It, yeah. it, it sounds easy, but when you when you know, I'm trying to read it, it's like hard. I was like, right. wait, I don't I don't know how to say that. But um, <laughs> right. yeah, dude, I, I was tripping out on him on his designs and like concept, and yeah. and I didn't I didn't I didn't know about him or anything. And then once you uh, mentioned them, I started to do some research. And I started to see images and then just a lot of people talking about him. Like, are you a fan of his work? Check out his work. 
And oh. I was like, whoa. So tell, tell us about him. Well, I wish he had an Instagram page. Or I, from, from what I know, he doesn't partake in any kind of social media. Um, but, you know, my first experience was, again, with, like, Car Modeler Magazine and Scale Auto Enthusiast in the mid-90s and late 90s. He would have a lot of features, feature articles. And his claim to fame was just he was kind of the king of scratch building um, and throwing together, like, factory stock builds to like to a level that nobody else could fathom and he just nailed every detail like just beyond everybody else and i thought that was the coolest thing um again he's from finland um you know into the early 2000s i think he kind of phased out maybe his feature writing for those magazines he started a um, resin casting company based on uh, some of his uh, masters so the company is called air tracks and, you know, again, they're not, it's hard to get a hold of their stuff because it, the, the distribution isn't real solid. Like, I know they have a website, but I've never had experience with that. Like, so I don't know how easy it is to order the stuff. Um, back in 2017, he and his business partner, I forget his name, Tapani, I think, they were um, scheduled to be vendors at NNL East. I was like, whoa, I better take some cash because I don't, you know, I know the quality of their stuff is like second to none. And like, so <laughs> if you've ever been to like, you know, some of these shows and contests where the vendor room opens up and it's like a mad dash to get to some of these vendor tables. And that was the case here. Like I was like bumping elbows with like 10 other people and their stuff sold out so fast, but I was lucky enough to get, um, uh, 1969 Chrysler 300 that they that they produced and it's like a super super nice kit and I'm actually finally getting started on it right now. Yeah, I was about but, to mention uh, that on on one of your photos you had posted a 69 Chrysler 300. Yeah, uh, your recent yeah. like a recent photo of it, you were showing like the front end of the of the car. Is that one of the ones the one that you got from? <laughs> yeah, it? that that is the kit. Yep, and I, like I said, I've been sitting on it now for probably three years, but I figured it's time to start on it. So I was just sort of. Uh, getting the bumper and the hood lined up and making sure everything fits before I start to like prime it. So yeah, pretty, pretty good quality stuff. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Cause I had found a thread online and it was just so many different pictures. There was a 65 Riviera that just stood out to me that he did. And yeah. I was like, man, this guy's so dope. He's super clean too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like his modeling style, you know, if I could say that I would like to, you know, try to be like somebody that he would be somebody for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, like I said, so I got to meet him at the show, which was pretty cool. Um, I didn't like turn all fanboy on him and say, Oh, you know, <laughs> but he, he was pretty cool. He was busy <laughs> selling kits. He was making money. Like, yeah. Hand over fist for sure. So, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very cool. And he had brought like, probably five or six builds for the table at NNL East too. And so I got a lot of pictures of those. Pretty impressive. That's nice. So do, do you uh, attend most of the NNL East every year when they, um, when they do them or have you missed some shows? I've gone to NNL East probably four years in a row. And um, so like I'm in a club in Cleveland called the North Coast Automotive Modelers. And a few of the guys uh, that I've become friends with there they kind of brought me into their club and said, Hey man, we make this voyage out to Wayne, New Jersey every, every April hop on in. So it's about a seven hour drive and it's like, 
it's such a good show. Like it's, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't been to like some of the other large, large shows in the U S but I mean, everybody says that on East is so good. So I'm, I'm going to kind of base it on what I hear from everybody else. I would love to go to more, um, you know, there are different parts of the country, you know, the shows will give you a much different flavor. Mm. Um, a couple of years ago, I got to go to the Southern nationals in Atlanta and that was pretty cool. And again, you have like different build styles, different categories where you've got a lot more participation than maybe others. So it's, uh, I would love to kind of, obviously nobody's going to many shows right now, but it is kind of a, a bucket list thing is to, to attend as many different shows as I can, different parts of the country and, and beyond, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it, it, as far as like shows, um, are pretty much in your area, are they all canceled for the rest of the year that you know of? Uh, so the funny thing is like, a really close show to me is the Buckeye Classic, which just took place right around St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, I think. And then, so that took place and that was great. It went off without a hitch, but pretty much right after that is when everything got started getting canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at NL East, which normally takes place in April, it has been rescheduled for September, I believe. Yes. So they've set a date and they've done a joint show. They're going to do like a kind of a three headed monster with the Philadelphia NNL and then the uh, the diversified scaler show. They're going to kind of combine all three shows in the one. Nice. Have you ever met George? You know what? I feel like vision One Twenty Four. I feel like we've like said hello to each other at the NNL East. I know what he looks like and he's, you know, he's got a, a really great, obviously Instagram page and I've, I've been on his YouTube lately. So, um, he's done a lot for the hobby. I feel like he's a good dude. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That'd be tight. If you guys, if you guys get to see each other at that show. Yeah, definitely. That's the, such a cool thing about these shows. It's just like just meeting people. Like maybe, you know, about their, you know, their social media page, you might recognize a face, but like, you know, like as far as going to contests or NL type shows, I just feel like the camaraderie of an NL type show is so cool that you should, you know, people shouldn't be like bogged down with, you know, trying to win their category and that kind of thing. But it's, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. That's true. Have you met a lot of people from Instagram that you've been following? Uh, I think so. I think so. And that's, I think that's something I told myself I would make a better effort to do this coming year is to just say, Hey, put a feeler out there and say, Hey, like everybody from Instagram, let's, let's meet in the corner of the gym at two o'clock and just have a, like a quick meet and greet, maybe a photo or something. So it's definitely something you should try to do more of when you're there. Of course, it's overwhelming because you've got, you know, two rooms full of vendor stuff and you're like, Oh man, I didn't spend my money on this or this and that. And then you've got the actual contest tables where you're, you know, checking out everybody's stuff. So yeah, it's a lot to do in the span of, you know, whatever it is, six hours. But um, yeah, the community stuff going on. So uh huh, man, that's a good idea though. What you just said, I I've never even thought about that. How yeah. like mentioning a an Instagram meet like at a certain time, so this way everybody kind of like puts down what they're doing if they're somewhere else, and then just kind of make it an effort if you're on instagram and and you want to meet some other you know instagrammers that are car model builders meet up at this area right here 
at this time and and then just introduce yourself very true yeah and another thing is like and i thought to do this last year but then i kind of felt like kind of nerdy about it i was gonna just put a name tag on and just you know give my name and my instagram page and i just felt like kind of dorky. <laughs> so i didn't do it but i should and i will this year it's just like hey if you have a chance to say hello to somebody like you know throw a name tag on so everybody knows who you are yeah that would help a lot the the name tag thing i i know with george we had spoken about that one time and and he told me um that's why he likes to um have like a a pressing like a shirt pressing with his name on it like on the back or on the front just kind of showcasing one of his his uh car models so this way if if someone you know like spots it or whatever it's easier um for them to know that it's him to say what's up um because yeah it's it's really hard sometimes when when we're you know you've been following someone for so many years but there's really no photos of them (laughs) all you all you notice uh, i mean all it is is the hands and the model right right (laughs) i can remember nles last year um i got to see all the builds from skeleton skeleton mm-hmm. is he from new york right yes and it was kind of towards the end of the show and i'm like oh my gosh like, i know those cars i've got to find this guy I, I never did but um yeah he had some cool stuff now going back to george have you seen his herbie in person that uh beetle yes yeah he brought it yeah. out this year uh for the nnl west right and um yeah it was set up we we set up like on the same uh, area so okay. it was nice. That was him bringing bringing that out out here to California. So now everybody got to see it that was there, um, in person. So it was cool. Like I got a he had it on a turntable. Mm-hmm. So I managed to get uh, maybe I want to say like a forty second clip video of, of, of like a couple rotations or so. Cool. And and after that, later, you know, I was I put it up on um, on Facebook on the. Uh, on the scale riders like page and man, it, it, it was like a big hit on there. Like it got a lot of, for being a short video, it, I guess it was just getting replayed or I don't know. I was just like tripping out. It got a big response, but that thing is crazy. Like in person. Yeah. You, you like fall in love with that car. <laughs> yeah. The upholstery, like that pattern, that plaid pattern is just so cool. It, it makes that car so much. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. I noticed with your builds, um, they look very realistic. Like when I see your oh, you. your cars, and they're very clean. And I'm just like, man, that's like years and, and dedication right there. You know, and having <laughs> yeah. and having that eye, that vision for what you're going for with with uh, your builds, man. That's that's the coolest thing. Thank you so much. Like, and I've had people say, "Oh man, I, you know, somebody has commented before saying I had to double check because I thought it was a real car." To me, that's like to blur that line is super. That's a really neat thing for me, I guess, is to try to, I guess, trick people, try to make it as realistic as possible. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, there's things you're not going to be able to do or. You could drive yourself crazy, obviously. I know some people are just such extreme super detailers. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that might... <laughs> Again, if it if it defeats you actually finishing the model, then, you know, take a step back, right? 
Because yeah. again, that's that's what we're trying to do. We've got, like I said, I've got like a production. Sheet. My goal is to finish models, um, so I want to detail them. But again, I kind of got to draw the line. <laughs> yeah, and so. on, on Instagram, on your Instagram, I I saw one of your like your earlier posts when you just joined. It was around 2015, uh-huh. and it was a, it was a 68 Charger. At, okay. At that time, when you had joined Instagram. Um, did you ever think that it was going to just get kind of big after a while? Like as far as like the presence of car models on Instagram? I mean, no, not at all. Um, you know, I, I, I had been on Instagram and I just figured, okay, I might just sort of s- separate my personal life and just create a separate page just for my model car stuff. Cause again, I want to connect with people and, um, and you know, there's just, <laughs> It's funny because it, when you check like somebody's likes or you, you're seeing, sometimes you feel like, oh, you know, you might know like who everybody is on Instagram, but then like all of a sudden, boom, like somebody shows up and they've just got some like crazy builds and they're getting all kinds of likes. It's like, man, this community is just bigger than you'd even know. So it's really cool. And I know I see like new people joining all the time and getting their pages going. So I would love to like sit down and chat with somebody like what, like how does Instagram compare like the size of our community to YouTube or like, you know, I see scale auto. I think they post stuff on Pinterest, which I don't hear too much about, but like, is that like an, un, is that a resource that I should maybe look into? Like are people using Pinterest for model code stuff? I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've been using it for probably a couple of years now, the uh, Pinterest. Yeah. And it, it does have a big, um, like it, it tells you the stats, like as far as like people, you know, looking at stuff and pinning it. And, yeah. and I noticed a lot of people do, they do pin stuff or they look at, and, and then I start searching and yes, there's, there's a lot of model cars in there too, but at the same time, it, sometimes it seems kind of random. Like you'll find a photo and you click mm-hmm. it and it won't take you anywhere. Um, or it won't have no information as far as like who made that, or is that even, uh, you know, what kind of model is that? Like there's really, so if you post on there, it's great. Like if you fill in all the information to, that would probably help someone out. Yeah. Yeah. And while I'm thinking of it, we could take this offline, but do you know much about the webpage Scalemates and who runs it? Are you familiar with that page? No, I'm not. Scalemates, and I, I want to say that whoever runs it must be either European or British, but it's like a reference page for kit releases from all the major manufacturers. And so when a new kit comes out, you can just you can find it on Scalemates. It'll give you the release date, and then it'll show you like the timeline. If it's a re-release from AMT, it'll show you all the previous box arts, what year it was released, whether or not um, – you know, new parts were introduced or whatever. If it's just a straight re-release, it's a really cool reference. I just, I dig it all the time. Like I just, I end up there, not even on purpose. Like I'll just, you know, <laughs> type in, you know, MPC Dodge Monaco police car. And then, you know, scalemates. So there's certain engine optimization is pretty good because nice. it comes up like right away in the Google search results. So it's, it's a cool page. I just, like to give kudos to whoever runs that page. It's a cool resource. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that and check it out. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah. Skillmates. Yeah, never, I never even heard about that. Yeah. So you seem to be doing pretty well with your YouTube page, right? 
Yeah, I'm starting to um, to get. I'm pretty happy with with more uh, subscribers and like viewers on there. Yeah. But I feel like it it took me a while to find that rhythm uh, okay. to be on YouTube because before I really I rarely used YouTube, and then once I jumped on there, I just started viewing stuff. So mm-hmm. I started to notice that there was a community there. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys following each other, commenting and giving each other props and then doing these like group, like builds and stuff like projects. And cool. after a while I was kind of like, you know, I, I want to make a YouTube page, but what is it going to be about or what, what content am I going to create? Mm-hmm. And finally I was just like, I'm just thinking, I'm overthinking this. I just need to start cr- <laughs> creating and putting it out there. Right. You know, and I, and I, it started slow, like started, um, putting stuff out and like maybe once a week or so. And then after a while, I just started like ramping it up like more and more, um, you know, first like 10 videos. Now I'm up to like 370. Oh, nice. Okay. So like around there. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to constantly like put something out, but at the same time I go back to old videos. And if, if it's something that's not relevant anymore or I need to redo it, I'll just delete it. Okay. Yeah. Like today, for example, I was on your page and I ran across like that sort of quick hit one, like that one minute video. Uh, it was, it was your interview with Wes, which just, I think that was on the last episode, right? Yeah. And he was discussing his polishing technique on a 62 Bel Air or Impala, I forget. But that was pretty cool because again, I, from what it seems like you just kind of clipped part of the interview, showed some still shots, but like everything flowed together really nice and, that's a cool, that's a really cool video for like just a quick one minute thing. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's like, those are the most like recent, uh, like clips I've been doing, uh, with, I started with George when I had him Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Um, I was like, like the idea I was already like, you know what, I'm going to kind of dissect, uh, sections from the podcast. So this way it's more of a, like an introduction to, someone who comes across this and maybe wants to get into the full episode. Right. They, they could uh, go from here. And, and then from there, I was like that, that'll, that'll have more content as well for the YouTube page. So li- little things like that. There's a lot more I would love to do, but it's just, it gets, it gets hard. Like I, I definitely would love to like go out in the field and, and get like video interviews or like behind the scenes, like hanging out with someone um, in their workspace and just kind of seeing what they do, uh, you know, by it being like an interview or just me being like a fly on the wall and documenting the process of what's going on, just capturing as much footage as I can and then later editing and creating like a video out of it. And that would be something like so unique that I think everybody would watch it. <laughs> that would be super cool. Yeah, I want I want to do like more stuff. Uh, lately, like these days that we've been, you know, just at home, I've been doing a lot of research with uh, camera lenses, um, just editing and and trying to learn new programs and new new things. Just trying to adapt to what's going on, and t- so hopefully it helps me out down the road. You know, so Excellent. so this way I I can like, you know be able to produce more content and stuff because like, let's just say 
I go to a show or I get in, I get invited somewhere or whatever or I'm hanging out with someone and I'm definitely going to want to record or do something, you mm -hmm. know? Because I know that if I go to someone's house and, and they model build and we just hang out and, and I don't document anything and I go back home and I have nothing to share to anybody, I'm going to regret it. I'm going to be like, man, like something cool happened there. We could have had that <laughs> on video or an audio and I could have shared it to everybody to make everybody feel like they were there too. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, know. it's important to have somebody in the group that's like a good you know, somebody who documents things like like you. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see uh how, how things pan out. You know, if if I'm like trying to brainstorm things like let's say if if I can't come to your place because maybe you know, like you live in another state or or another part of the world, you know, maybe there's a way that you can document something and then send that over to me and then we could kind of cr create something together collaboration you know a good idea. to uh to share it so yeah right now it's more like the you know like the brain brainstorming stages right with uh to see like the the direction that i want to take the the channel to as far as like the content and the presentation absolutely and are you making time to build yeah yeah i've been uh I've been working on some stuff, but dude, I've been getting caught up with those Gundams too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's right. I've been, I've been like getting caught up with those. I've been talking to uh, Casey. He's he's based out in Australia, and okay. um, me and him have been messaging each other. He's he's been building some as well, and he's like loving it. At the same time, he's like showing because he does. He's been doing a lot of 3D printing. So, okay. So it's like he's showing me the these new things he's printing out and at the same time we start talking about that stuff too <laughs> so it's kind of cool it's kind of like uh like a breakaway from the models just to kind of refresh and uh po polish up the the skills a bit and whatnot and then go back sure. like sharpening up the knives and then going back to the car <laughs> models you know so it's, yeah it's been fun have you um been thinking about getting into the the 3d printing Whew. Yes, I've thought about it a lot, but have I done anything about it? No. Um, I just feel like it's becoming so commonplace now where you've got, you know, you've got people just popping up out of everywhere. Like I've got XYZ parts available. Like I, I don't know. I, I saw a website or it was on Facebook. Somebody said, Oh, I've got these cool, uh, like early eighties Chevy pickup truck grills to like backdate the the fall guy truck or the deserter the new or the semi new mpc pickup truck gmc and the company's called z force um z force resin i'm like oh, i've never heard of them let me check it out I had a super easy website i ordered them i had the two grills in like four days and they look awesome and I'm like man like just resin casting in general and 3d printing is just becoming you know it's becoming so so big that i should probably try to get hip <laughs> but uh you know i've gone to my local library i've seen like 3d printers there and i'm like well i don't know if i want to screw around with those or should i just buy one and so i've got you know when you've got it in-house you can screw around more and experiment and stuff but um so i haven't done it yet but i'd like to <laughs> yeah. i did buy i did buy a, um, a silhouette uh uh 
cutting like a plotter machine. Have you ever played around with one of those? The plotter? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's it's cool because you can, you know, you can um, you can make patterns and designs on self adhesive vinyl. So you can like lay out designs on a, on a like a paint scheme. Like I I built a van recently where I used my silhouette to kind of like lay out a pattern. Was it the that uh, the Vantasy? Those those vans yes. you've been doing? Exactly. Yeah, it's orange. And again, like both sides of the van are symmetrical because I cut this thing out and just did a mirror image. So I cut out two of them um, for that van, and I'm, I'm using it for a few other things. Like you can cut styrene with it. So like I've got some. Uh, I'm creating some wheels for that Chrysler 300 right now. And just if you want like a simple round disc rather than trying to cut it out by hand. Just like throw it, you know, throw it up on the program and have the, the cutting machine cut out some discs and you can cut relatively thin styrene. You can't get too thick, but um, it's just a kind of a nice, clean, easy way. And I know some like some buddies of mine in the model club have used it for a lot of other stuff. So I'm just kind of breaking the surface. Right now, but that's it's cool. valuable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. There's like just so much um, out there that, you know, you can definitely incorporate with the model builds mm-hmm. and just to be able to to make it easier and to be able to execute what you want to do before it was like, oh, I don't know if I how can I do that? You know, and and now it, it just seems everything just seems more and more possible. True. True. Like if, if, if it's something that can expedite a process and make it happen faster for you so you can move on to the next thing, then, you know it's it's a win <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah yeah because i've always felt that too even with like tools like mm-hmm. th- there's lots of tools out there but if if you don't have the right tools it's gonna make it harder you know you're gonna run into some problems but once right. you start you know really investing and in, and in, in seeing what's out there and you get the right tools it just makes it easier cleaner and then you you get like uh, somewhat obsessed with the company, you know, where, where you start to get all their products and then you start to realize, man, every, like they've done their homework really good. Like everything they sell <laughs> is like spot on. And you're, you're that way. Are you into that new type company, right? Yeah. Like I like a lot of the <laughs> stuff that new type sells, um, yeah. as far as like I gotta try it. the, the tools that they offer. Um, but there is, there's companies out there. Uh, there's one called Suji Burrito. Um, there's also um, Godhand that just sells like some really oh, yeah. nice tools, you know. Okay. And a lot of these guys in the Gundam community, that's what they use. So I start to see their their work, and their work's also very like straight lines, very symmetrical. Um, since they're working, you know, they're 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 working with like robots and mechs. And a lot of these mechs, like, it's almost like sheets of metal, like that look that they're going for, where it's nice uh-huh. and flat and sharp, and the, the edges have to be sharp and everything. And and th- and I'm always, like, thinking, like, man, they have to have some really, like, good sanding tools or files to be able to, like, get that look. So sure. once I started picking up a lot of their that stuff, I started, it started to make it easier for me. Like if I was like filling in a section in a car and I needed to sand it down to, to flatten it. 
um they have their version i started incorporating and i was like oh dude this is making it so much easier to like block the car or um or just or even if it's like a, a curved down surface so this way i don't like just flatten it completely and ruin it right so there's a lot of a lot of neat different uh things out there i'll send you some links to some stuff so you can like check out definitely yeah. as, when it comes well. to like like you said body work and block sanding and just you know that you know how much time that takes up mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> you know yeah. trying to get body work pinned down before you you know get a primer and everything so man you know i use um one of the sanding sticks the stevens international sticks that you know you can pretty much buy those at any hobby shop or whatever um I use those in, in grits 180, 240, and 320. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, they're not um, so they're so they're rounded on both sides anyway. I just I use those pretty thoroughly. Um, and then I use. Have you ever heard of a tadpole? No tadpole. Mm -mm. Yeah, so a tadpole. Um, maybe I'll just after we hang up, I'll just shoot you a picture of this. But um, there was an article in Scale Auto years ago by Bob Downey. Um, tadpoles are from the woodworking, I guess, field, and they're just rubber-shaped blocks with various radiuses. So, like, if you're trying to um, sand, like, picture, like, a 41 Willys that's got, like, really rounded fenders and headlights. If you're trying to get into those crevices that are sort of rounded, you can wrap your sandpaper around a tadpole that's got a rounded edge and just kind of round, kind of use a tadpole to sand that area to avoid like what you were saying, like flattening it out or getting flat spots. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. A tadpole. So I keep those. I can yeah. check that out. Yeah, they're just like simple little rubber blocks. They come in like different, um, different sized radius ends. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty cool. <laughs> I bought them at a woodworking supply shop in Cleveland. So yeah, oh, that's tight. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Scale Auto magazine. I know that that's a magazine that's been around for a long time and you know when i was a kid i had no idea about it until until later like 2015 when i got back into it right i, I happened to go to um barnes and noble's bookstore and i and i saw it there in the shelf and and i started to uh to be like oh cool like they have model cars on here right and then yeah. i went back the following month to get the next following issue and i ran into one of my friends who had no idea um was into model building whatsoever and we uh we hit it off like what like you're into this is crazy like you know <laughs> like we should hang out someday you know yeah and and later you know he he happened to, like he plays a big part in, in i would say like my history like for model building um but he started to tell me more about skill auto and he told me like you know what? I've been collecting this since like back in the day. And, and I was like, when did it come out or what, you know, or what do you mean? I thought this is like a new magazine. And he's like, Oh no, this has been, you know, out for a long time. And one day he took me to a model show and they were selling the magazine there. Like, like back issues. So I'm digging, oh, cool. I'm, I'm digging through this box. Like almost like if you're digging through comic books, like back issues, okay. <laughs> and and the guy had him even bag and boarded too and everything and I'm like what I'm like dang these go back like in the 90s 80s whatever and I was like looking at myself like I bought some you know and later I was going like yeah. man all this information was already out when I was like a kid like but I had no idea you know and right. I mean for a lot of people it's very nostalgic 
you know, that magazine, it, it, it uh, plays a, a big role in a lot of uh, people's builds, inspirations. And, and I wanted to know your involvement with Scale Auto Magazine. How did that happen? And, and what's going on now with it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think 2017 is when the former editor, uh, Jim, how I believe his name was, I think he retired. So in came Mark Savage and then an assistant editor named Robbie. And um, I just shot Robbie an email after I read that sort of announcement that he was hired and just said, Hey, my name is Jeff. Uh, welcome to the magazine. If there's something I can do to help you, let me know. Cause you know, in the back of my mind, it's always been a bucket list thing is to like, I would love to see, you know, my name in that magazine or my build or whatever. And so he shot right back and said, Hey, would you be interested in writing reviews for kits? And I'm like, geez, that was, that's cool. Absolutely. Like, you know, I went to uh, school and I studied uh, like a little bit of journalism. So I have some writing in my background. So that part of it, like I wasn't too concerned about. So he's like, cool. Like, how about this NASCAR? I'm like, oh, well, not my first choice, but yeah, let's give it a go. So um, really ever since, like I'm, I'm just kind of in like their regular rotation of reviewers. So there's probably like seven or eight or nine of us. And then um, – and how it works is like whenever the magazine gets a shipment of models, like like pre-releases, say Revell, they might ship like three new kits to the magazine like a few months before they're actually on store shelves just to give the magazine time to review them. So um, the editors will sort of toss that up to us and say, you know, here's here's what's available, like first come, first serve. So, you know, we get emails once in a while and if something strikes you know, a nerve, I'll say, yeah, send it out. And then, you know, we usually have X amount of months to build it, photograph it, and then write up the review and send it in. And so, like I said, since 2017, um, I've been doing that. And then my next step is hopefully to have like a feature, um, hopefully kind of soon. So if things go right, that's, that's the next step. Man, that's so, awesome. And, um, yeah, thanks. I remember a while back you did uh you had sent me some photos of a it was a sixty six Impala, the Ravel. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, actually tough. that um yeah, that, that issue should be on store shelves here right around the first of the month. Um yeah, so the sixty six Impala, the re release, it, it includes some of the lowrider parts. Um it's got like the wire wheels, um, lowered front suspension some decals and so i try to use um, some of those parts for the build and, um it's 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 a nice kit and um you know hopefully hopefully it presents well i think the photography side of thing I, I still need to like work on my photographs because i'm not like there's something i'm not doing right they keep publishing them and then i look at them and i'm like man like it looked a lot better when I was looking at it through my viewfinder. Like, what's up? Like, it's a little bit grainy. So, <laughs> um, I could use a lesson. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, yeah. I, I, um, you know, uh, you had mentioned, uh, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, met him in California. He came to the NNL West, uh, two, right. Two years ago. I want to say now mm -hmm. that it's been, and, um, this is, 
he took photos there at that show, and he later they were used when they did the uh, the Impalas issue. Oh right. Yes, and and that one had Armando Flores' Gypsy Rose on the cover. Right. Um, so I we had met him there at that event, and then I kept in touch uh, with him. And later, I you know I would I would ask him about pointers for photography as well as far as like uh, for lighting. Because I was always like, hey, uh, what what do you recommend? What would be the best way to get some really nice uh, photographs for features? Because at the time, I wanted to get these photos, uh, you know, like to take photos of people's cars, to present them on Instagram and just in various places. And I just wanted to get some with some nice lighting. And and I remember he reached out and he recommended, um, I don't know the name of the bulbs. I still have like the setup he, he was telling me about. Then later okay. he showed me like some reference pics. He was, I believe, doing them there in the office, and okay. it was just like a cool, like an easy setup. But I thought it was dope that he actually like reached out and and told me uh, what to get, and I ended up getting the stuff, tested it out, and and it worked well. Cool, cool. Was it like uh, something from like Amazon or something, or did you go to a? Yeah, I, I had to order it online. Um, yeah. It was like a couple bulbs I, I had to order. And then the other pieces, I ended up just getting them here locally um, at the at the store. I know one of them, a couple of foam boards, just uh, put them together. And then and then a, just like a big piece of like uh, like the white construction board paper. Yeah. So, so it kind of curbs the – when you lay it out, like it curbs it or whatever. So this way you don't see – the the background i don't know it, it was just like a cool setup once you get in there with your camera it almost gives it it, may, it gives you this illusion of like a, a big old landscape like <laughs> <Yeah>. a never-ending <laughs> like, true like thing so it was pretty cool so with the uh, scale auto when when you did the 66 impala um you know you mentioned about presentation and when you're creating it do you have do you feel like pressure on yourself or it's just you know you've been doing this for so many years you just feel comfortable at this point when you're uh doing something like this for the magazine i think you know with these builds when i do reviews i want to come off as you know somewhat knowledgeable about the subject matter so like take for example the most recent one that i just finished up was that 78 um dodge monaco uh, California Highway Patrol Cruiser, or like the, you know, police car. It, it was just re-released with some CHP graphics, uh, new light bar, so, you know. So, you know, you want to kind of do it justice. Um, I look for as much, like, reference as I can, like on previous releases of the kit. Like, so I know, you know, I could even go back into scale from 10 years ago when the last release came. If, if somebody else reviewed it, I'll read that and just kind of look for, you know, it's not cheating or anything, but hey, like, what are the common hiccups with this kit? Oh, okay. Like, this piece is known to be ill-fitting. So there's that kind of, you know, you just kind of want to present it uh, objectively and not, not give too much opinion. Um, I try to, you know, talk about the build, like how it would... Um, you know, I put myself in my shoes when I was a 12-year-old kid, and uh, at the time I lived in Texas, and we had this uh, 
craft store called uh, MJ Design, which I think is now Michael's. Michael's is a pretty big craft chain. But that was like a great spot for model kits back then in like the early 90s. And so like, you know, put myself in that kid's shoes. Like, what's it like to build this thing from start to finish? What are some of the pitfalls like for a 12-year-old kid, my attention span, and, you know, my skill level? So I kind of just try to explain any of those areas that might you know, be a problem for different types of audience. So now when it comes to like that 66 Impala, for example, like I try to use, I use the wire wheels and uh, the tires and the sort of Vogue type decals that came on the decal sheet. I'm no expert, but I think they look pretty good. And I try to explain it that way, not to say like, oh, they're dead on or super accurate, but I mean, I think they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you kind of have to pick your battles. Yeah. And is there guidelines as far as like the scale auto puts on you? Like, hey, don't, for example, like don't customize it, obviously, you know, it's kind of just uh, stock or is there other guidelines? You know, really, that's, that's about the only guideline of is just use what's in the box. Don't yeah. stray too much or really at all. Don't, you know, throw in some aftermarket, <laughs> you know, wheels or whatever. It's just, yeah. you know, again, you're, you're, you're a builder, you're, you know, you're a, you're a consumer buying the kit and building it. They want to know what it's like. So, you know, you can use like whatever colors, paints, um, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and then just, that's, that's about it as far as the guidelines. Yeah. So, how, how was that first feeling? Like when you saw this on print on the magazine? <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I was chomping at the bit, like waiting and I, I can't remember what's on the cover. So like what you mentioned, the Impala issue, I've actually got that sitting over here. I have a car reviewed in that issue. I just don't remember if that was the first one or not. That may have been like the second or third, but um, yeah, that feeling was pretty cool <laughs> to, yeah. to see to see my build, my name, and my words in print. So um, another thing I did for the magazine, and like you, know, you were asking about photography setup, is. Um, there was a show in Detroit, which is about a three hour drive for me. And I, I was speaking to Robbie and um, we were speaking about who was shooting the show for the magazine. He said he didn't have anybody. I said, I'll take a stab at it. So I took my stuff up there and I set up a booth in the corner and I was like the photographer for the magazine for the show. And I was kind of nervous about that. Because obviously, like, you know, you're responsible for, you know, cruising the tables, finding interesting subjects, laying down a sheet and saying, hey, we're interested in shooting, you know, pics of your car. And then trying to organize, obviously, all the photographs and everything that everybody fills out. And, you know, it's a pretty interesting concept. But I would say to anybody that has, you know, some even moderate photography skills, like in your hometown, that if, you know, the big magazines don't come to your shows, just go shoot it and then present it to the magazine. You Chances are they might publish it in like that contest annual or even online or even in one of the issues. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to do that. Like, a, you know, to get there at 8 a.m., I had to leave my house at, you know, 5. Dang, yeah, to get, <laughs> like, all, get up there, <laughs> set up. Yeah. And then I get home at like seven or whatever. So, but it's cool. It's cool. Like it's, it's, it gave me an opportunity to see, 
like a lot of cool models and talk to the builders and just you know so it would be you know it'd be awesome and maybe you should let them know at Scalato what if they send you out here for the NNL West in California Oof, next year man. in January I like that I like <laughs> that, that. That'd be pretty, you that'd know, be pretty cool you know what the weather like is like here in January it's not, it's not very good so that's a good idea mm-hmm. man wh- where should i fly into um uh, san jose airport okay <laughs> that, would, that would be the the closest one yeah, yeah you know that that's a show where a lot of a lot of guys from instagram out in california uh northern and uh southern california attend uh that one okay. there and you know when when you when you did that you know like how you, how you mentioned cruising the tables um yeah when you have that responsibility of uh, picking up the models, what is it that you're looking for, you know, that will catch your eye or what would you recommend model builders out there that are hoping to one day get their car uh, picked or, you know, for, for the magazine? Right. I mean, I would say like a generic answer is just authenticity. Like, you know, if you, if you know your subject and you know, what you want to build and you know it's i guess it's not going to be the build that has you know the most aftermarket stuff on it or um it's hard for me to say because i've only done it once but um yeah you know just looking for something (laughs) when i started build for example you know i like i like mopar muscle cars quite a bit but the one thing that i'll never do is build or paint a car the same color as the box art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you ever get that feeling? Like, <laughs> so like I'm talking to you now, I'm looking at my shelf, and here's a 70 uh, heavy CUDA, and it's, it's, it's green on the box. Well, it's like, I'm going to see that for the rest of my life a thousand times. So my goal to build the model is like to kind of pick any other color. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know if that applies to your question, but... Um, just, you know, something, something unique, something that stands out, interesting theme, mm-hmm. um, you know, doesn't even, doesn't have to be like the, the most well-built, uh, model there, but I mean, you know, obviously you want to serve youth, um, if there's a youth table, you know, you want to promote them, you want to give them a thrill, you know, getting their, a lot of times, you know, kids having their models photographed is a huge thrill, and if they can have a chance at seeing their stuff in magazines. Well, that's, that's building for the future, you know, building that enthusiasm and hopefully they'll stick around because, you know, yeah, that's, that's what we want mm-hmm. <laughs> it's to bring more people in. So no. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, no, I, I, I feel like that's a pretty good answer. What you said, um, like the authenticity and all that, because I know when I look at the, uh, at the magazine and, and especially those sections with the contest, and and like the the annual uh, contest issues, mm-hmm. those are really neat to look at because you do see a lot of a lot of different cars in there, a lot of clean builds, you know. And yeah. once in a while, you'll see something that I'll be like, "Oh, cool, a lowrider," you know. But it might be from someone I I don't know. I've never even ever heard of or seen before, like their yep. work. But it's still it's like a it's an appreciation and, and later it's like, okay, that name's under my radar now. So sure. hopefully, you know, it, it's like an introduction. So hopefully I come across this name or, or, you know, maybe an Instagram account, you know, that now they're online and, 
it's um but it's cool like you start to see all these different things on there and i feel like sometimes we need to know um to kind of get an idea um because i know like sometimes we're we could put all this stuff on the car model you know like let's just say aftermarket parts or customization something really like crazy right and then we put that in our heads like oh watch when i put this on the table for sure it's gonna get picked for uh, scale auto for sure watch and then and let's say it's like it doesn't happen you know but then it it's almost like someone could get mad and be like man why why didn't my car get in there it has more stuff than that car that got in there you know but but i don't know it's just um i feel like yeah like it kind of goes back to all right like just kind of the authenticity of that car you know and and when i see the cars in there man i'm like man that's a that's a clean car that's beautiful right there (laughs) i like that's eye eye candy true and that's maybe something that i'm more into is like curb appeal you know i want the car when you stand back like that's i'm way more into some of those details than say uh you know uh carburetor uh linkage or you know i've done like some detail motors but to me it's what on the outside is the biggest um (laughs) the factor and something else i thought about you know when it comes to those contests and you're filling out your sheet and they want to know your name your contact information and they also ask for like um, the sentence at the bottom of the sheet might say what motivated you to build this you know sometimes something impactful could also be really cool like whether it's what motivated you or you know why did you pick this color or this you know some of those answers on those sheets are you know they're all over the place some of them are great some of them aren't but um that could be something pretty cool that would grab the attention and make me like make me want to publish that over somebody else's photograph. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's like it can yeah, because that's more like a personal question, and yeah. I I feel like if you really express yourself, you know, and yeah, like you said, it, it could be something really touching that you're like, oh, dude, I got to share this. This is crazy. This is dope. <laughs> yeah. This is cool right here. You know. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And good handwriting goes a long way, too. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Because <laughs> if, like, the editor can't read it, then forget it, right? So. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's so so true right there. Um, yeah. And in your area, um, I didn't get to ask you yet, um, is there a lot of hobby stores in your area or no? Ah, well, um, a lot. I, I would say there's... So I could say there's two within like a half hour drive in my house, which is probably pretty good for, you know, considering a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Um, because of my work, I drive, I have a sales position and I drive all over Ohio and I get into like Buffalo, New York. So I get to visit like quite a few hobby shops just because it's, you know, convenient. Um, I consider myself pretty fortunate for that. Um, one of the hobby shops really close to me, um, happens to be the same uh gentleman that owns uh model car world paint and resin so i don't know if you have used those things or they've been around a long time but um so i use his paint like quite a bit obviously he's super convenient um, i like his primer quite a bit so so yeah i guess in that sense i'm pretty lucky that's cool you should you should document like it'll be 
kind of cool like when you when you're at back at work and you're traveling hitting up all these different hobby shops yeah be kind of like a vlog or something or, or like a guide a guide to True. the hobby shops out here and, <laughs> a lot of my posts are from like me building in my hotel rooms too <laughs> any of those like do you talk to anybody that travels and builds Mm -mm. um <laughs> so that's tight if i know, if I know i'm gonna be gone for whether it's one night two three nights you know i'll pack my box and take like a couple kits um uh, you know maybe just a if it's just like one like one area like there's certain things that i like to do in hotel rooms and other things don't work out so well like if i can do decals that's perfect or if it's just like trimming up a body, like sanding all the seam lines and stuff, that works pretty well too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's hotel staff out there that think I'm crazy. But... <laughs> like yeah, we're working on a sanding a car with <laughs> resin. Right. It's on the carpet, on the wall, just like, but. <laughs> like, when we first started out, like, I was trying to, like, paint and everything. So, you know, I'm either in Cleveland or Detroit or Buffalo, and it's like 13 degrees outside. So, what do I do if I want to like shoot some primer on an engine? I'll just go in the uh, stairwell of the hotel and just spray it in there and then just duck back into my room before anybody can see me. As long as the smoke, smoke alarms don't go off. Yeah. <laughs> and and now that the travel case that you use for your models, is it like a small one or, or, or like a midsize case? I'd say it's midsize. This is, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It's about as, the footprint is about the size of a toaster. Mm -hmm. And it's got like a, like a large tray in the bottom. I can throw like a can of Tamiya primer in there. Um, I've got a little tiny tub of uh, Dawn dish soap, you know, for case I have to, you know, wash a body before I prime it or something. So, um, but it's got just kind of all my tools in there Tamiya tape, you know, razor blades, utility blades, files. So, you never want to be underprepared. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. That's cool yeah. that, that you do that right there. Because if not, it would be kind of boring if you think about it, right? Just kind of just hanging out, watching TV or whatever. Exactly. Um, you know, you, you can do a lot of things. You can go to bars or go to movie theaters or, like, whatever. But I'd much rather spend the time, you know, throw a movie on, HBO or something, and just pack away at a model so talk to my wife and kids before they go to bed mm -hmm. that'll be it so yeah it's kind of cool because then it's like you know you're in another area you're in the hotel you're working on the model and you're getting ready for like your your next day your work day and yeah you wake up you already have a plan of what you're gonna do you go you handle your job what you need to do after that you got that free time and you're like all right this is the, the next hobby store i'm gonna hit right after that <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and it's funny because sometimes I'll leave my house, you know, on a Monday, I'll leave with a couple kits. And because I've hit hobby shops along the way, I'll come home with like six kits. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I've <laughs> got to sneak these into the house somehow. <laughs> yeah. Where did these come from? Jeez. Uh-huh. How oh. many kits do you have now, would you say? Or uh, guess? <laughs> yeah, I would say like somewhere between 100 and 200, I guess. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nowadays, I'm trying to go for maybe quality over quantity. So I'll spend a little more on some weird resin or, you know, some vintage kits if I've, you know, been watching that stuff for a long time and I know they're hard to find. And so, yeah, 
mm-hmm. you know. When your models, uh, how do you display them once they're they're done? I've got um, I've got acrylic display cases that mounts the wall, and I started buying those um, from a vendor at NNL East. And then I, it turns out, like if you read Scale Auto magazine, one of the big advertisers in the back is Carney Plastics, and they they happen to be in Youngstown, Ohio. So the last one I went to their place and picked one up, and I've got three of those mounted on the wall. Um, you know, it keeps them elevated away from the kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I have people over in my basement, they can check out my stuff cleanly and it's fairly well lit up. So yeah, that's a challenge. Um, I have one rig, I have a, a Kenworth that I built and that won't fit into any of those display cases. So I kind of have to come up with, um, some, something better for it. So it's up out of the way. Yeah. That's cool. Have have you yeah. ever met uh, uh Steve on Instagram? He goes by Wolfster. I have, yeah, I met Steve at NL East. Yep. Oh, dope! That's cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I heard his podcast. I heard yeah? his episode. Oh, nice. Yeah, he many, many months ago. Yeah, I remember. Like he was one of the, the like the first like Instagrammers and just people that I I would uh, was following at the back in the day. I mean, I'm still following yeah. him now. I was gonna say I almost made it seem like I wasn't following him, but yeah, like. I still follow his work and it's crazy. Like he, I always would notice he was like constantly building like quick, quick. And it motivated me a lot. So how you mentioned you, you know how you travel for work and and you, you go out to New York and I just, he like popped in my head right now. I was like, Oh, is it Steve's out in New York? Yeah. Yeah. He's got some pretty unique, uh, uh, items for sale through his through his company yes uh-huh. um I, I picked up some some floor mats and like a like a sun visor and um yeah i picked up four or five things from him so yeah very cool dude yeah that's <laughs> awesome man dang yeah that's cool i'm I'm glad yeah. that that all you guys have you know have like met each other out there or at shows and stuff like that that's tight yeah you know there's regions like i've got a flyer for a show in wisconsin that like i remember a few months ago i'm like well maybe i like maybe i can tuck my wife into like we've got friends in green bay maybe we could do like a (laughs) three-day weekend Mm -hmm. so it's like i'm always looking for excuses to try to see more um Mm -hmm. two years ago i went to like the southern nats in atlanta and i i I booked a flight i'm like i want to do this and i you know i just went by myself and i took models with me first time i'd ever flown with models i i kind of I bought like a toolbox and then created like some foam inserts and I had four models built. Um, so that was kind of different because again, you're like nervous going through the gate and check in and like trying to stow your <laughs> toolbox on the plane and make sure nobody bumps into it. That was kind of a, a nerve wracking thing, but no, oh, yeah, but that's a good show uh, down there in Atlanta for sure. Uh-huh. Um, man, there's shows in Europe. I mean, there's a show in Belgium that looks pretty interesting. I've kind of talked to a couple of my club members, like, "Hey, any interest? You want to like if we plan ahead a couple of years and save some money, you want to try this?" It's been talked about, but it hasn't been done yet. So yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Do you guys uh, get together a lot with the club, like pretty often on like meetings and stuff like that? My club is great. They get together uh, twice a month. I, now, me personally, I don't go as often as I should, just because. The club meetings are on Tuesday nights, and it's a little bit far away. I mean, it's about a 40-minute drive for me. It's not terrible, but um, 
but yeah, they they get together every 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 other Tuesday night, and they'll go grab dinner afterwards. Um, when it comes to the shows, yeah, there's a good. There's always probably seven or eight of us, I would say, that go out to New Jersey for NNL East. Um, that the original NNL type show was the NNL Nationals in Toledo, and that's that actually just ended. They're not hosting that show anymore, unfortunately. But that was always well attended as well. So, um, yeah, good club. That's I mean, cool. Really, like when it comes to painting, mm-hmm. I was kind of clueless up until, I don't know, we'll say 2012, when my buddies Mike and James from the club, like, brought me over and said, hey, man, we're going to throw some paint. Like, you want to come over? Like, bring some bodies in primer. We'll do some stuff. I'm like, cool. And that's, like, they showed me how to paint. Um, you know, they were using model car world paint. They were using Cobra colors. They were using some house painting. Uh, they were, they showed me how to spray like anything clear, which you know, was kind of a game changer. So I went to those guys. I mean, they, I, I, they taught me everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before yeah. be, when you were using, when you started using your thing, the clear, be, what were you using before that? Yeah, I think there was a short time where I was using like wet look clear from testers mm. which isn't bad um in the few times that i used it i could probably still learn a lot as far as you know the best way to use it but um and i i still keep cans of that on hand for some small projects but but that urethane it levels out it hardens fast um it's you know yeah, once you nice. once you polish it and everything, huh? You're just like, man, I should have been using this a long time ago. True, mm-hmm. true. It's it's like you you know you paint you you put decals on or whatever you have to do, and you're always kind of leading up to that point where you can finally put clear on it and sort of lock everything in. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're nervous. Oh, I don't want to like <laughs> drop it or splash something on the corner of it. So I just want to like finally get to that clear spot where you're kind of like. You could take a breath. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I still remember the first times when I would clear. I was always uh, like very hesitant. I would dread it in a way and be like, "Man, I gotta clear," because I would be worried that I was gonna ruin the car now. Right. And once I started to feel more comfortable, I started to really enjoy it, and and I and then I just like fell in love with it, and I made it more of a process where. I would set up like a my booth where I was gonna spray the clear uh, mm-hmm. with the model car, and then on one side I'd put all the uh, you know all the ingredients, everything I was gonna mix together, and then on the opposite side I would uh, place I would have all the model car parts that I was gonna clear, and then have like a wide enough space so I start having them in rotation as mm-hmm. I'm as I'm spraying the the coats of clear, and um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a company. I mentioned it before on the podcast called FBS Tape. Uh, I think I remember you talking about them, but I'm not familiar. With yeah, they have a a, a product, um, and it's just it's just a paper that um, that you rip out of a roll, and then it has a, a piece of tape on the edge. So this way, you could just like cover up, you know, areas like you could layer oh, it. Yeah. So I've seen those in body shops before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. so they have a small one and I think it's uh is it the three I think it's like three inches wide okay. or four. And then they have another that's one that's rough. like a six. So those I buy I bought both of them. I'm like these are perfect, especially 
for us that we're doing all the model car stuff, you know, um, not having like a huge role, like, like the ones I've seen at the body shops. So yeah. I started laying that down and, and just to keep it a lot cleaner. And what I like about that stuff is when you're mixing your clear, sometimes you're, you know, if you get any spills on that, um, it won't burn through it through that. It's like very resistant. Okay. So good. once, you know, once I'm done at the end, um, you know, I let everything dry and whatnot. And then once it's, everything's complete, I put everything away, you know, I just like crumple that thing up in, into a ball and just toss it out. And, and this way I just leave like the surfaces and everything clean and the gloves, everything just pretty much gets thrown out. But I don't know something about that whole process. I just like, I love it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to, re, it has to be repeatable, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to like follow the same process every time or that's, if you don't, that's when mistakes happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I noticed when I, when I kind of do it in that manner, um, it, it's like, I find pleasure in it, but I really like it. But when I don't do it that way and I, and I do it kind of rushed, yeah. I notice myself becoming very clumsy. I'll drop something yeah. here. I'll turn around. Then I bump into something else and then something spills. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I got to do everything <laughs> step by step right here. What am I doing? Yeah. I ran into some issues on a build recently um, where I had, I think I had used the same piece of micro mesh uh, sanding paper on a, on, a, on a waxed model. And then I used it on a model that I was about to clear coat. So it was a pickup truck. And so the whole clear coat like was contaminated how they kind of like fish eyes. But so now I've kind of changed, like I keep all that wax and all that compound and polish in a totally different room. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you can't, you can't let the two mix. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've actually managed to save the pickup truck and I'm done. But anyway, you learn from mistakes and like, that's the thing. Like if you screw up a clear coat, like learning how to fix it and bring it back to life. Or at least getting it to a point where it's presentable. That's yeah. a that's a process. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> hey, I was, was going to ask you real fast. Like I was watching one of your YouTube clips. You were spraying a black. Was it a '39 Chevy sedan delivery? Maybe was it the Pharaohs? Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. You were shooting clear coat, and I, I saw part of your process. You had that air gun with the big fan uh, attachment nozzle. Mm-hmm. Was, was, was did you shoot one coat of clear on that yes well i want to say i think from what i shot in that video i think yeah that was like what it was yeah, like i tried to get the whole thing i was using the iwata lph 80 gun okay and yeah. um yeah it was the like a, a 48 panel uh, it's a chevy oh 48 okay yep. and and um so when i started getting into like spraying like the smaller pieces I started to kind of lower a little bit of the PSI, but but then again, when I was pulling the the trigger, I, I wasn't letting too much uh, come out. Okay. Um, but I did spray another model aside from that that one that I didn't show in the video, but with the other one, I did end up getting some runs in there. Oh, so yeah. I learned I, I learned you know a valuable lesson on there, and that's a great gun um for shooting bigger objects like a let's say from like a skateboard size and going up okay um but for a model car you have to be very careful i mean you you will get some nice um coverage you know but the more i started to um 
to think about it because when when i saw what happened what had happened to that other model i was comparing them both and i was going like why is it that this one looks better than that other one you know because i didn't have any issues with that 48 once it was like done i was like cool that's it i didn't even like polish it or nothing i just like left it as is and the other one had runs and i was like man i gotta once it's dry um i gotta get a razor and cut out those like it looked like icicles you know then i gotta like sand it down I, i gotta fix this so it was more of a of a process but you know iwata um they also make another gun it's the uh the lpth okay so now i started to kind of compare it like before i was i was using these i started i was using the hpcs airbrush for clear and mm-hmm. the needle size was like a 0.5 and, okay and with that one i mean i was i was clearing cars and very happy with the results but it was a it took longer time it was like a process yeah and and then later i went i did the lph80 gun that bigger gun which is on the video after that um i cleared another uh body but this time i didn't use any of those i used the lpth and i know that gun is used for like base base codes because it has a a fan tip that you could uh put on there oh yeah yeah and um i believe it's like about a like a two to a three inch uh wide fan okay so that right there it, it lays it lays out really nice and you have a better control of how much you know clear is coming out of that gun making contact with the car so you can pretty much clear a car with like like a couple coats with that one and it'll okay. it'll lay out nice I'll have to try it on there. Yeah. Or I'll just find somebody else that has it and I'll try theirs. Mm-hmm. Not <laughs> yet. Because I, <laughs> I have, I also have the HPCS and I just use that for everything. Um, but mm-hmm. that's a good one. I, yeah. I do everything just fine. I, I just, I thought it was a, like a 0.35 needle, but if you say it's a 0.5, I love it. Um, yeah. I ended up switching it. Cause when I, when I had gotten it, it, it is with the three. But then okay. they sell like a conversion kit, gotcha. Where you could just pretty much buy the the three. I think it's like a three or or two different pieces that it's going to give you that conversion up to the five. Okay. So once cool. I s- switched over to that, it was like you know a little bit more product was coming out of the airbrush. Cool. Cool. Yeah. How's but... that fifty-seven? Oh, sorry, I was going to change subjects again. How's that fifty-seven Chevy coming? Yeah, I mean it's been it's cool. been cool. Like, I um, oh thank you. Yeah, yeah. that one. It, it's it's one of those where now I'm like, all right, you know, I want to work on something else. Like, you want to keep moving. Sometimes you want to go back to like yeah. switch something up. Like, you know, should I switch the wheels? Should I maybe do another engine or something? You know, but. <laughs> Right now, since like with my time, I just feel like it's some it's gonna become very limited. Um, in the future, I'm just like, all right, I need to move on to the next thing, right, and and do, and do something else. But you know what? I think I'm gonna have to create a a production sheet. What you had mentioned oh, earlier, man. dude, because that I'll right there, your mind. <laughs> yeah, that that right there can help a lot. 
to I mean, again, I've, manage. I've got A's, A's, B's, and C's. So I've got four items in the A column, four, well, sort of four items in the B, and then like ten in the C. So yeah, <laughs> they're all they're all sort of things that I've basically kind of started on. Like some might just be like the bodies in primer, or you know, some are like halfway done. So you know, again. Just something to keep keep a hold of what you got. Yeah. So so pretty much let's let's just say when you're gonna start, is everything does everything start in the C and then once you prep it, it it go it graduates to like a B and then it starts going forward or, or how <laughs> yeah, does that work? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes things can also drift backwards too. Like oh. if it's already <laughs> like if something's been in the B column for like a year and I haven't yeah. sort of touched it, I'm like, all right, we'll push it back. Maybe it's not that important. Because uh-huh. again, like like I said earlier, you kind of have to go with your heart. Yeah, <laughs> nature takes its course. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty neat, right there. I'm like, I was like visually like seeing that, like you're crossing. No, no, you got to go back. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, it feels good to cross a couple things off, and it also, and I keep all these sheets too. So at the end of the year, I can say, okay, like I finished six models or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, because because if you don't, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep track of that stuff too yeah no yeah that's that's so true right there and um what um plans or or uh, or or something that that you want to do like a goal for for this year for this year um you know based on the current situation we're in i think i just want to get back to normal and go to some shows and you know see my model car buddies um, as far as building stuff, I just got this, like this, this resin project I want to get done. And that's pretty much that Chrysler, uh, 300 that, that we talked about earlier. I, I think I kind of want to push that. I think that needs to become an A. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'd, I'd like to get that done, uh, sooner than later, but, uh, nothing else really. I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like going to Europe, going to that, yeah, Yebec show in Belgium would be kind of cool. Um, just to see like just different worlds, different build types, you know, trucks are big out there. And then obviously like European imports, well, imports to us, but you know, German cars, Volkswagens, just a lot of that kind of cool stuff. And, you know, I've met some people through Instagram, uh, from Europe as well. So to like be able to meet some of those people face to face, that'd be incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. But that'd be a 2021 kind of thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been noticing more people um, on Instagram from Europe, especially yeah. in France. A lot of, oh, sure. A lot of builders, I'm like, oh, what? Start following them. I'm like, man, there's a lot of, it's just cool that you, you start to see every, like, from everywhere on there. Yeah, true. True. I hope I hope they're all catching on to uh, Scale Riders podcast, man. I hope they're listening. No, oh, thanks. Hey, thank you for that sticker again. I, I, oh, yeah, uh, you bet. Yeah, I got that. Um, I still, I have the one on my box and then I have a, the other one cause you sent two of them and I'm just yeah. like, I'm saving that one to, uh, put it <laughs> nice. in another like toolbox. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, all my stickers either go on the side of my spray booth or under my uh, cutting mat. So nice. Yeah. I need to make some new ones. That's for sure. I've been sleeping. I haven't been, I haven't made any new ones. It's been a right. while. I need somebody to design a cool logo for me. <laughs> put something together. Yeah. No, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm when I when I get some new ones done up, I'll uh, I'll send some your way. Awesome. Yeah. Please do. 
No, definitely. Do. Do, you, do you want to give any shout outs to anybody before we wrap this one up? You know, I, I, you know, we talked about my club, North Coast Automotive Modelers in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, cool club. I've learned a lot. Good buddies. Um, just anybody out there that's, that's listening, uh, you know, inspire your kids and friends to go build models. It's a good, it's a good time to do it too. After all, we're all stuck inside. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on. It's just been fun. No, oh, you're welcome, man. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, doing this. I'm I'm happy that we finally got to wrap up this episode of conversation. This was episode 120, and um, look forward to doing another one in the future. You got it, Edgar. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, keep keep us uh, informed and, and posted um, also with what you got going on. And if there's anything you know you want us to share, uh, we'll do it up. Very good thank you yeah thank you well you have a a good night jeff out there uh, what time is it over there where you're at right now oh, it's, uh, it's 11 oh, okay cool yeah right on yeah yeah i was no. like i was thinking man it's probably like late over there for him but um <laughs> but no nah, it's all good man I'm, I'm really happy we did this and then um i'm gonna for everyone out there listening i'm gonna share his instagram on the description so this way you guys can check out his work as well Awesome. Cool. Well, you have a good night, man. Oh, you too, Edgar. Thank you, Jeff. All All right. right. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.